I'm Cheryl, and this is Sleep Tight Relax, a calming bedtime podcast for the young and young at heart. It's time to get cozy in bed and listen to tonight's story. Our sleep story tonight is part three of the magic soap bubble. Ned has helped the king with one of his problems, and now he needs to do one more thing so he can get his bags of gold. After he has finished, he heads off into the forest and meets a giant. Ned chops down part of the forest, and then he and the giant sit down together while Ned tells him the story of Puss in Boots. After that, they head off to the giant's home where they start a challenge. If you are laying down warm and secure in your bed, let's start with taking some deep belly breaths. If you aren't yet in bed, or maybe you are just taking some time to relax, that is okay too. Take a slow, deep breath in through your nose, as big a breath as you can, and as slowly as you can. Then slowly let the air out through your mouth. Try it again. Take a deep breath in and let the air slowly flow out. Take a deep breath in. And now out. If you haven't already, consider closing your eyes or you can look at a spot above you. Imagine you are lying on a fluffy white cloud. It lifts you off the ground and into the sky. You are free to float and relax. Let your body sink into the cloud. As you imagine yourself floating, continue to take deep belly breaths. If a worry comes into your mind, just let it float away like all the clouds that are surrounding you. Continue using your imagination like this for as long as you like, as we continue with part three of the magic soap bubble. I can but try, your majesty, said Ned bravely, and again, opening his knapsack, took out his magic pickaxe. Laying it carefully on the ground in the proper position, he said, pick, pick, pick. At once, the pick began to burst the granite to splinters and in less than a quarter of an hour had dug a well more than a hundred feet deep in the solid rock. Is the well deep enough, your majesty? 
asked Ned politely. Certainly, answered the king, but where is the water going to come from? And he winked at his men, who smiled to themselves, for they all thought Ned would fail after all, for as yet there wasn't a drop of water in the well. But Ned wasn't discouraged. He quietly opened his knapsack again and took out the nutshell covered with moss and placed it on a magnificent fountain vase, which, not having any water, had been filled with a beautiful bouquet of flowers. Gush, 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 he shouted, stepping aside to avoid getting wet. At once, water began to burst out among the flowers, singing with a gentle murmur and falling down in a sparkling cascade that was so cold it made everybody shiver. And in less than a quarter of an hour, the well was filled and a deep trench had been dug to take away the overflow. Otherwise, the whole palace would have been flooded. You have indeed earned the reward, said the king, and he ordered a little donkey saddled and bridled and the six bags of gold hung from his back, three on either side. After which, Ned was invited to a great feast. And when that was over, he mounted the little donkey and rode away with the three bags of gold hanging from each side of the saddle and a little gold ring on his finger which the king's daughter gave him after washing her pretty face in water for the first time in many months. But before Ned rode away, he put his magic axe and his magic pickaxe back in his knapsack. For who can tell, he said to himself, what need I may have of these two useful tools. His knapsack was now well filled, for the cook in the royal kitchen had also placed in it a loaf of bread, a cheese, and a knife in case he became hungry while on his journey of adventure. As Ned traveled on, the forest became darker and darker, for the trees grew so close together that the sun could hardly shine through the thick, leafy roof. Suddenly, he heard a great voice singing. I am the master of this wood, and everyone bows to me. My head is as big as a dry goods box, and my legs are as long as a tree. Then, all at once, the voice changed to a whistle, which sounded like a siren. It must be a giant singing, thought Ned. Goodness, but he's a loud whistler. I guess he blows through his fingers. And he hid beneath a clump of bushes. Ho, hum, ho, cried the voice, and a giant came crashing through the forest. On seeing Ned, he shouted, Come out of there and I'll make a mouthful of you. Don't be in such a hurry, replied Ned bravely. 
I'm going to make you my worker. Ha, 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 laughed the giant. That is a good joke. I'll pitch you into that raven's nest up there to teach you to make less noise in my forest. Your forest, laughed Ned. It's as much mine as yours. And if you say another word, I'll cut it down in a quarter of an hour. Ha, 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 shouted the giant. I should like to see you begin, my brave Sir Kid. Carefully, placing his magic axe on the ground, Ned shouted, chop, chop, chop. At once, the axe began to chop, now right, now left, and up and down, till the branches tumbled down on the giant's head like hail in autumn. Stop, stop, cried the giant. Don't destroy my forest. Who in the blazes are you? Sit down, and I'll tell you the story of the famous Puss in Boots, who once defeated a giant and gave his castle to his master, the Lord of Carabas, said Ned. How could a cat defeat a giant? You are pulling my leg. Not at all, replied Ned. Have you never read the story of Puss in Boots? No, but I once heard my cousin, the giant of the beanstalk, speak of a cat who wore boots. But that was long ago when we were both boys. Well, I'll tell you then, said Ned. Puss in Boots' master was the youngest of three sons. When their father passed away, the two older brothers received the farm and money, while the youngest was left with nothing but a cat, who said to him one day, Do just what I tell you, and I will make you rich. Give me a bag and a pair of boots, because the brambles scratch my legs, and you shall see what I will do for you. Well, when the boots were made and he had put them on, he hung the bag around his neck and set off for the rabbit field, where lived great numbers of rabbits. Opening the bag, he stretched himself out and waited for a hungry rabbit to poke his nose into the bag to eat the bran. Pretty soon, along came a young rabbit, and as soon as it had crept in to eat the bran, Puss in Boots pulled the string and caught the rabbit. Then, running off to the palace, he gave it to the king, saying it was a present from his master, my lord of Carabas, the name he had invented for his young master. Every day he brought some kind of gift, until soon the king thought my lord of Carabas a great man and Puss in Boots a most wonderful cat, which indeed he was. He was indeed, said the big giant, moving uneasily on the log on which he was sitting. Well, one day, continued Ned, Puss in Boots ordered his master to have a bath in the river and leave the rest to him. Just then the king passed by. Help, help, cried Puss in Boots. Robbers have stolen my master's clothes. At once, the king ordered his guards to the rescue, and fitting out my lord of Carabas with a new suit of clothes, invited him to ride in the coach with his beautiful daughter. 
As they rolled along, they came inside of a castle owned by a bad giant. Puss in Boots, who had reached the castle before the royal party, opened the door and said with a low bow to the wicked ogre, I hear you have the power to change yourself into any animal. That is true, answered the ogre, so pleased that at once he turned himself into a lion. I doubt if you can become as small as a mouse, said Puss in Boots. Instantly, the ogre changed himself into a mouse, when Puss in Boots pounced upon him and ate him up. At that moment, the king's coach drove up. Throwing open the castle door, Puss in Boots said with a hospitable bow, Welcome to the castle of my Lord of Carabas. And to make a long story short, laughed Ned, his master married the king's daughter and lived happily ever after. Phew, gasped the giant. He certainly was a wonderful cat. And he looked anxiously at the magic axe. Soon Ned began to feel hungry and opening his knapsack, took out his bread and cheese. What is that white stuff? asked the giant, who had never seen cheese before. That is a stone, answered Ned, starting to eat it with a hungry appetite. You eat stones? asked the giant. Oh yes, answered Ned. That's my regular food, which explains why I'm not so big as you. But it is also the reason why, little as I am, I am ten times as strong as you are. Now, take me to your house. The giant looked at the magic axe, which had so nearly destroyed his forest, and then at Ned, eating a stone with apparent relish. I will, he said, and led the way to his monstrous cabin. Now listen, said Ned to the giant, after they were fairly seated. One of us must be the boss and the other the worker. If I can't do whatever you do, I am to be the worker. If you're not able to do whatever I do, you are to be mine. Agreed, said the giant. I'd be tickled pink to have a little servant like you. It's too much work for me to think, and you have brains enough for both of us. Well, let's start the trial. Here are my two buckets. Go and get the water to make the soup. Ned looked at the buckets, the tops of which he couldn't even see, for they were 10 feet high and six feet across. It would have been much easier for him to give up rather than to move them. Ho, 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 shouted the giant. Do what I do and get the water. What's the good of that, replied Ned. I'll go get the spring itself to put in the pot, knowing that he could easily run back to the king's castle for the little magic nutshell. No, no, said the giant. That won't do. You have already half spoiled my forest with your magic axe. I don't want you to take my spring away. You may take care of the fire and I'll go for the water. So the giant hung up the kettle, put into it some meat cut into pieces, 50 cabbages, and a wagon load of carrots, skimming the broth with a frying pan, tasting it every now and then until it was done. 
When everything was ready, he turned and said, Now we'll see if you can do what I can. I feel like eating the whole pot and you into the bargain. I think I'll serve you for dessert. All right, answered little Ned. But before sitting down, he slipped his knapsack under his jacket. Then the two champions set to work. Perhaps Ned was a little nervous, knowing only too well that if he failed, he must be the giant's worker. Well, the giant ate and ate, and Ned wasn't idle. Only he put everything, beef, cabbage, carrots, and all, into his knapsack when the giant wasn't looking. Oh, at last the giant grouted. I can't do much more. I've got to undo the lower button of my coat. Eat away, cried Ned, sticking half a cabbage into his knapsack. Oh, groaned the giant. I must loosen another button. But what sort of an ostrich stomach have you got, kiddo? I should say you were used to eating stones. Eat away, lazy bones, said Ned, sticking a huge chunk of beef into his knapsack. Oh, sighed the giant for the third time. I must open the last button. Huh, answered Ned. It's the easiest thing to relieve yourself. And taking his knife, he cut his jacket the whole length of his body. Now's your turn. Do as I do, if you can. Excuse me, gasped the giant. You win. I'd rather be your worker than do that. Then lifting Ned on his shoulder and slinging the six bags of gold over his back, started off through the forest. Wait a minute, said Ned. I've forgotten my magic tools. So the giant picked them up and thrusting them into his pocket, again set off at a tremendous rate. After a while, they came in sight of a great castle where a lord lived that was even more wicked than the cruel Bluebeard. As they drew nearer, they heard screams like those of some fair lady in distress. The next minute, the wicked lord dragged the lovely lady across the courtyard. With one stride, the giant stepped over the castle wall. Shall I toss him over the moon? he asked. No, leave him to me, replied Ned. The wicked lord trembled and grew as pale as a white swan that swam nearby in a beautiful fountain. My giant servant, at a sign from me, will pitch you over the moon. But instead, as you have the reputation of being the greatest storyteller that ever lived, we will see who can tell the biggest story, you or I. If you lose, you will give your castle to this fair lady and take off. I don't care where, but you must never return. At once, the wicked Lord started to tell the biggest story he could imagine. I have a bull so large that a man can sit on each of his horns and the two cannot touch each other with a 20-foot pole. 
Oh, that's nothing, replied Ned. At home on the farm, we have a bull so large that a person sitting on one of his horns can't see the person sitting on the other. You win, laughed the pretty princess, clapping her hands at Ned. Then the wicked lord went to his stable and saddling his best horse, rode away. But as he passed through the gate, Ned touched the steed with his magic gold ring. Instantly, the horse turned into an immense bird and flew away. But where he went, no one knows to this day. And that's the end of this part. Good night. Sleep tight.